Welcome back to the Wavy Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma, as well as the managing editor of thesoundtrack.ca. Today I'm here with Sonia, who is a DJ, electronic synth artist, music writer and editor, workshop or- organizer, and creator of Biblioteca Records. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Uh, glad you're here. Tough times we're in, but uh, doing this brings some consistency to my life, and uh, it's nice. Yeah, I gotta keep routine. I think it's more important now than ever. Like me too. I still try to wake up at the same time every morning and like kind of follow the same morning type routine to feel uh, normal, I guess. Yeah, no, I feel that. I'm definitely getting better at it. I'd say like last week I was pretty potato for a lot of the week and just like working from my bed. But this week I like work from my desk and yeah, getting up at the same time. So it's it's good. Did you put clothes on or are you still in the jams all day? Um. So I, I do change my clothes this week now, <laughs> um, but like pretty much sweats for the most part. But yeah. I'm like, a lot of people are wearing those like tie dye sweat sets, and I'm like, I don't want to buy one now. So we'll see. But just are you in are, shopping? Yeah. Are you in the jams all day? I no, I change out, but my like home clothes are just like leggings or like bike shorts and like a bra. So I'm kind of just always chilling in the same outfit that I sleep in, just a different set of the same clothes. <laughs> That's trendy though, at least. Yeah, you know, I'm out here trying to get famous on TikTok, so I don't know so that it doesn't matter that I don't have a job right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Gotta look good for the TikTok. I'm still trying to put, like, makeup on every morning because it makes me feel better. And, like, I also leave the house to go for, like, walks or whatever because we're not on a total lockdown yet. So I'm trying to enjoy, like, going outside while I can. And um so yeah I still like lo- I hope that I look decent but who knows I'm not doing eyeliner I just I'm like I, I don't care yeah I need to get back into the makeup as well just like a couple times a week I think it'll be good and I've been I've been like longboarding which has been really nice um oh, when, sick. The, when the weather allows it but yeah hopefully we don't get on total lockdown but we'll have to see what happens yeah um, just you know go outside while you can <laughs> yeah so what have you been doing to um keep busy like what are you up to um well I feel I was actually just talking to another DJ today and she was asking me like oh did you want to like do a mix for my show or whatever and I was like yeah she's like but I wanted to ask like make sure that you were like in the right headspace to do it which I understand I know a lot of people are like going through a lot of really hard times with this and maybe don't feel as creative as normal like for me I guess what I was saying to her was that I am still pretty much doing everything that I normally would. I guess I'm recording more mixes, obviously, than I would be if I was, like, performing more and DJing more out at the clubs and parties. But I feel like I work so hard to kind of be in this, like, spot in my life where I have, a, I guess, a decent amount of momentum that I don't really want to waste it. So I've been doing, like, a lot of live streams, like, tomorrow night, I guess, um, is March 27th, a Friday. I'll be playing at COVID Room, which is like an online party put on by these guys in Rome and Italy. And they got a bunch of really cool DJs from around the world. And I've been doing like a bunch of live streams and recording mixes just because I feel like I don't want to A, forget what I'm doing and B, I don't want people to forget about me, I guess. Like I want to still be putting out content. And like, I used to hate saying that word, but that's really the only way you can describe things, I think. Oh yeah, totally. And 
you know, the thing about this time is that a lot of more people are online more frequently. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like for all of us doing online things, it's the time to push your brand and like get it known a bit more because you can. Um, but at the same time, it's very challenging because it's like, what do you put it like, well, at least for me, because I do a lot of blogging. It's like, what do I do? Because like, I can't go anywhere. So it's a bit of a challenge. That's for sure. Um, yeah, it's definitely an issue as well with like the appropriateness of content. Because like you, I mean, there's literally like a global pandemic, like there's a limit to the type of things that you would post, like a lot of things that I would normally post, I, you know, obviously can't really do that. Like, I'm like oh, yeah, what a good time, because like, it's a terrible time it's a really bad time yeah but so yeah you gotta kind of test the waters and see what works what doesn't I think most people on my feed at least have been posting like oh my god guys remember when there were parties and places to go to and I'm like yeah I literally oh the only place I go to is the grocery store and um my balcony (laughs) yeah no I I feel that um I'm in this one Facebook group and it's like a Toronto's like electronic scene or something like that and like someone made a post like being like uh, are there like any like underground uh, raves going on and they just oh my god are you talking about TRC I I can't even remember the wait I saw I saw that post or a post like that in the Toronto rave community people were like ragging on this person and I'm like good like at least people understand that you shouldn't be going to like underground parties and like spreading disease or whatever yeah yeah I think we saw the same one that's the group I was referring to and yeah they taught like totally assassinated it was it was a bit entertaining but uh it's unfortunate (laughs) that people have to be that way Um, I mean like I get it like I miss going to parties too like I miss dressing up and like not wearing leggings and like wearing normal clothes and going to the club and hanging out with my friends whatever and listening to super loud music with a proper sound system that isn't like airpods i do miss that but you know it's a sacrifice like of all the sacrifices that we have to make skipping the party for like a month is really like the least of it honestly yeah absolutely and it's like if we don't skip the party for a month it's it could be two months or three months so exactly you know, it's just you, you gotta do your part um but that covid room thing sounds pretty cool um so it's literally like a worldwide thing then yeah, it's like um, the design is really funny. It's basically like a parody of the boiler room design. And um, these guys from Italy and Rome started it because obviously Italy's on like a complete lockdown and they were like bored as hell. And they started it and it got like a lot of popularity in the first like week. And then I somehow found out about it from this like random electronic group that I'm into or in on Facebook. And I like applied or emailed them and they were like, yeah, like come play. And so we've just been chatting and working on um promoting it together and they have a bunch of djs like a lot of them are from rome and italy and like surrounding areas and they have a bunch of people from australia as well which is cool like some people from germany so there's a there's like a pretty like i guess good decent global reach of people i think it's mostly centered in like europe and in terms of north america i'm not even sure like who else is from north america but for the most part yeah like it looks to be pretty widespread and I think it's cool. I mean, it's been interesting talking to people on the other side of the world and kind of seeing what they're up to. And I'm excited to hear everybody's sets. And like, I always like hearing new music and getting new suggestions from people. So I think it should be a really fun time. And I just love to chat, like, you know, especially now. 
it's just mm-hmm. nice to socialize in a whatever way that you can. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like a real that's a really neat idea. Um, you know, cuz I guess in a sense we're all disconnected, but it's cool that you can connect with people from the other side of the world and get that exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh but you did mention that you've been doing a lot of home mixes. I'm kind of curious about um, your creative process for that and how you even do that. I don't really know much about it at all. So, yeah, well, I mean, like prior to like the crisis and the and the lockdown of all the bars and venues, like I had a bunch of gigs lined up for March and April that I was super excited for. And so I had bought like all this music that was really like kind of left field weird techno and some like really percussive stuff and like a bunch of deep house stuff that um because I had a bunch of sort of some like semi-corporate type gigs that were not like appropriate for hard techno music so I got a bunch of different kind of music and I was really excited to try it out and then like obviously I can't now and I was like well somebody has to hear it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I've kind of just been playing with the new tracks at home and seeing how they work together I don't have CDJs at home like I don't have club level um dj setup at home and unfortunately like one of the last bars that i worked at it got foreclosed and the owner or like the manager like i left my controller in there like not knowing that it was obviously going to get foreclosed otherwise i would have just taken it with me um but the manager had gone back for a meeting and i was like can you grab my controller and she was like i couldn't find it and i was like it was in the sound room and she was like i didn't look there and i was like why didn't you call me when they were there she was like, you should have told me. And I'm like, okay, but it's sound equipment. So it would have been in the sound room. Anyway, long story short, I don't have like a good controller. I have like a random one that I bought when I first started DJing like three years ago. So I have been kind of relearning how to use like my laptop for DJing, I guess, because I don't really do it that often anymore. And I certainly haven't used that controller in a long time. I mean, it's lucky that I have it so that I can make mixes at home. But it's, uh, I miss I miss using club gear. I really do. <laughs> yeah, that's really unfortunate. I'm sorry that happened I know that stuff is not cheap by any means so yeah it's pretty annoying and I don't even know what to do because like the building is like locked up like my understanding is that nobody can access it because it's like foreclosed or whatever but anyway as of right now it's the least of my worries and given the search circumstances I don't think we'd be able to get in there regardless right right um but I I am curious like uh just a bit more about like your creative process for mixing like um I don't know what what artists inspire you what time do you usually do it how long is it for um yeah oh yeah so I like to do stuff in the morning I guess I kind of consider myself very much like an early riser morning person I like to get all my work kind of done as fast as possible so that I can chill or read or whatever so I think morning before noon is usually the time that I kind of get started working on mixes and then um in regards to artists that inspire me it's really just everybody that I follow on Instagram or Facebook I see them pumping out content and like working on some really cool stuff and I'm like and I just think to myself like oh I want to I want to be like that like I love Creatine Asset I think she works super hard I think she deserves everything that is good and that comes to her I love all her mixes and she hasn't stopped for 10 years and she's not stopping now so it is inspiring for me to see that other DJs who are in the same position as I am with all the canceled gigs are still out here working on things. Um, most of my mixes tend to be an hour or under. I know that I don't like listening to things that are super long and I kind of just lose attention. I don't really expect anybody else to either, especially in this time. Like I know that streaming numbers are kind of going down, but YouTube numbers are going up. 
but I don't really like video, like watching videos of DJs either. So I kind of just do the stuff that I would watch or listen to. I think the first like apocalypse mix that I put out or whatever was only like 35 minutes long, which is really short because normally when I DJ, I DJ for like one to two hours. So I guess it was not really enough time to tell a story, I, but it was still enough time to just show off like, you know, how many songs, like 20 new songs that I've gotten, which I guess was kind of the whole point of that particular mix. Mm-hmm. I like I like long mixes when I'm like doing uh, work or something, just kind of plug in and it's just kind of nice to have on in the background and not yeah. worry, like switching songs and stuff. Um, but that's interesting though. I'm curious why, or why do you think that um, listens are going down for um, like streams or whatnot, and then it's going up on YouTube or going up on YouTube. I think that it's because we're at home. Like I listen to music all the time, but even myself, like I haven't really opened Spotify or anything or like SoundCloud or anything really around the house unless I've been like specifically maybe cleaning. So that's maybe like an hour or two or going for a walk. And that's when I've been listening to music. All the other times I've been like that I've been at home, not working or whatever, I've been watching YouTube or watching things. And I think it's honestly like the lack of something to do. Like, what am I going to do just sitting there listening to music? I guess, I mean, I mean, I do do that. Like if there's, when there's a new album, like I'll like sit and like listen to it. For the most part, my relationship with music alongside, I think a lot of other people is that I will put it on and I will listen to it while I'm doing something else, like be a cleaning or like writing or, you know, making the bed or whatever. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But that's kind of how it is. And, like, if I'm not doing anything, I don't want to just, like, lay on the couch, I guess, and listen to it. But that's just me. Like, I'm, I'm a very restless person. I always have to be moving around. I hate sitting still for too long. I know that a lot of people really do like to just sit and put on a record and, like, zone out. So. Yeah. No, that's that's very true. I listen to a lot more records while I'm, like, commuting or, like, going mm-hmm. somewhere. And uh, I live in Etobicoke. So whenever I have to go downtown, it's, like you know, at least a good hour or so. Um, yeah, yeah, so exactly. I found that I listen to a lot more electronic music when I'm working just because there's not, like, really many words in it. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's, like, not as distracting. But sometimes when I'm trying to listen to, like, a normal album and I'm working, it's, like, I have to shut it off because I'm, like, I just can't, like, focus between Focus, yeah. So, I, yeah. Do you ever listen to, like, the lo-fi, like, beats to chill or two? That's, that's my Chill shit. beats to study it. to? I love that shit. I- yeah, I haven't listened to that in, like, a while, but I'm definitely going to pop it out. Uh, it's so good. I listen yeah. to it all the time. When people come over and I need, like, background music, I just put it on. Like, I use it for everything. It's just so versatile. I love it. Oh, yeah. And I feel a- like, and there's a lot of, like, live channels, so it doesn't always have to be the same mix or whatever. Mm-hmm. I really yep. like it. I'm a yep. big fan. It's such a weird movement. I really like it. Yeah, it's become a very trusted source for music, I'd say or streaming um I want to bring it back a bit though I'm curious how did you get into making music and such um I don't know I was really bad at music class when I was a kid I used to play the trumpet when I was a kid and I was really really bad at it because I hated it um and I just didn't like the metal I don't know how to describe it I hated touching it it was a gross like not instrument that I like enjoyed and my dad tried to teach me guitar, and I was really bad at it because it hurt my hands. Um, I know, like, when you learn guitar, it, it, like, just has to dig into your fingertips, and I didn't want that. I was like, this sucks. It's not what I'm trying to do. 
So I didn't really like learn how to play a real instrument. And I still kind of like don't really know how to, which is how I ended up getting into modular synthesizer a few years ago. Like I've always really liked electronics. When I was a kid, I was home alone a lot. My family moved around a lot. And mm-hmm. I was home alone um, a majority of the time because my sister wasn't born until I was 16 or 17. So oh, wow. I was an only child and my parents were both at work and like we were moving around. So I didn't really have a lot of friends, obviously. Um, so I would like sit at home and like take apart their remote control and like put it back together and like do all sorts of shit with like electronics, um, which kind of was like DIY and like crafty for me at the same time. Like I studied visual arts in high school. Like I went to one of those like specialty arts high schools. So I was always liked combining art with like some type of tech. And I guess when I first found out about modular synth, it, it very much appealed to me. I like the idea of creating my own instrument and not really needing the uh, formal education to go along with it and kind of learn it as I could. And as I went along and learn the different parts and then put the parts together, it basically, it basically is like a DIY instrument. So I, so I learned as much as I could about it over like a year or two and saved up a bunch of money because it's a really expensive hobby. And then I bought um, my first few pieces last year and just kind of have been building the kit since then. So I am a big fan of modular synth analog electronics. I used to make music like on the computer, like in GarageBand. And now I very rarely use the DAW or record anything anymore, really. I kind of just like being really free flow with the stuff. I think my focus nowadays is less on like making my own music and more on like other people's music. So I really like listening to what other people are doing. And obviously like now that DJing is like my main career and a source of income like I do have to spend a lot of my time listening to other people's music and figuring out how to make it work together and tell the story with it mm-hmm. I yeah. yeah I don't know how I fell into it it's weird because I did study art for a long time and I never really like I always liked music and I wrote about music for a long time like when I graduated from journalism school I studied or uh, sorry I was writing about music almost exclusively and like pop culture and stuff and I guess it kind of just naturally progressed because I have been doing music related industry stuff for a long time okay cool yeah um sort of back to like the whole like building instruments thing um I really applaud you for that I think that's really cool I, I don't think I could like ever do that I mean I probably could if I tried hard enough but like I just you totally like could break. it's really not that hard I don't know. I just feel like it's such like an engineer type of like brain or something. I don't know. I just I wouldn't even know where to start. Um, I'm definitely a type A person. So I like I love like order and I love rules and I love when things are like very black and white. So and like, you know, with electronics, like it's a one way or it's wrong. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Right. OK. Yeah. That, OK. That already makes it a bit more simple in my head. Yeah, um, it's like it's like math. It's like math. Like it's there's one answer. And if you do it any other way you don't get the answer and therefore it's wrong you just like have to really be careful to not electrocute yourself and damage the equipment dude I was so bad at math I got like a 51 (laughs) I got a 51 in grade 10 and then I went down to applied yeah I just and I always had a tutor and I never get it um I used to tutor math when I was in high school I know this is like off topic but like I used to tutor math when I was in high school and I was so um this is why I know I can never be a teacher because I just like for me, math always came like pretty naturally. I've always been pretty good at it. And I just like like numbers and data and stuff like that in general. And I remember t- trying to tutor math and these kids would come and they'd be like, yo, like, I don't understand. But like, I didn't understand what they didn't understand because math was so organic to me. 
that I couldn't figure out how to, like, they wanted to know why, right? And I couldn't explain the why, because to me, like, in the equation, there was no why. I was just like, that's the way it is. And I couldn't figure it out. And then, like, honestly, like, after a few months, I was like, yo, I can't do this. And then I stopped, and I lost my, like, $10 a week or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely had some tutors get frustrated with me. But I don't know, I feel like because I'm, like, older now, maybe it would come easier, but I don't know. Um, But have you ever seen a set from Robert Daylong? No, who's that? Uh, he's like a DJ slash singer. Not a DJ. Oh my gosh, he's like an. I don't know. He's a he's an artist. But I saw a set from him back at Way Home. Not really like having any expectations, but he turned like he turned a calculator and an N sixty four into like synths. Oh, I love that stuff. It was so sick. Yeah, I highly, highly, highly recommend. You, that uh, reminds me of this kid. Yeah, part of the reason I even got into like electronics and like kind of warping them. Um, and because I'm a big fan of like I've done the I wanted to buy like an old Game Boy to turn into an instrument but then I just like they're hard to find like for some reason or I wasn't able to find it but there's this guy I watch on YouTube and he also got me like very into like weird DIY instruments it's it's a look mum no computer he's so sick he's a guy who made this like Furby organ and I think that kind of went viral but I was watching him before that because I was into modular synth and he has like gigantic ones but yeah, he he makes some really weird, like wacky instruments. I don't know his real name, um, but he yeah, definitely a cool channel with all sorts of weirdo stuff. If you want to check it out, there's like some super strange, like enormous instruments and weird things that he just like hacks and turns into sound machines, and then he plays them, and it just sounds nice. It's so weird. I really like it. I definitely commend that. He has got this crazy studio full of all sorts of gadgets and gizmos and stuff. Wow, that's unreal. I will definitely check that out as I definitely have the time now. Yeah, <laughs> I have just hours and hours of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just recently I started thinking a bit more about DJing and I had a DJ on a couple weeks ago. Now I have you on and it's really made me realize like there is a, such a true art to DJing because it, it's you're making although you're using like someone else's music, like you're pairing it with different things and pairing it with other other people's music as well. So like it, there's such an art to it that I kind of never really realized was there yeah DJing is definitely really fun I feel like I feel like it's both easier than people think and harder at the same time like if you want to be just you know playing one two songs like doing one song and then playing another song after and then kind of going back the the whole time with like the same type of transition yeah it can be really easy if you do it over and over again I um I think as with any art form or any type of creative thing, the key to just being good and getting better is trying different things and not being scared. I think the problem with a lot of local scenes, I guess maybe even here, is that people don't really want to take risks and they feel comfortable staying in the same spot. Like I can't, there's a few people that like every time I see them play, it's the same set and as an audience member, like, that gets really boring after a time, like, and obviously it's a pristine set, it's so clean, there's no mistakes in the transitions, because they've done it so many times, but it does get boring, like, if I was a fan, right, and every time I went, it was the same thing, like, if I was a fan of, like, any artist, and every time they toured, they brought the same album, why would I constantly keep going to see them? Yeah, you know exactly. Oh, exactly, yeah, yeah. and I, I so, feel that way about artists, so. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing with Taylor Swift, who's, like, a genius in that kind of stuff, is that every time she tours, she tours a new album, 
and she brings a brand new production. So like, if you're a big fan or even like a medium fan, you want to spend the money and see it every ta- every single time because you know it's going to be like a worthwhile, extraordinary experience. Like I was watching it the last time too, so just here because I want to see that production value. But I really didn't like the Reputation album, and I like 1989, and I didn't want to pay 40 bucks to go see Rep. So I never realized you were a T Swifty fan. I'm not really okay. I am a fan because I think that 1989 was like an incredible album. But I didn't like rap and like I do, do I think she's like kind of corny a little, but I also support her in general. Like I don't think she's a bad person. Do I think she's kind of annoying? Like probably, but 1989 <laughs> like was an impeccable album. I wouldn't want to be her friend the way I'd want to be like Selena Gomez's friend. But you know, a, a lot of her songs are bangers and I listen to them a lot. <laughs> what did you think of the new Selena Gomez album? She has a new Did album. See, that's a thing with Selena Gomez. Like, I don't know what she's up to, but she seems super cool, and I'd love to hang out. Yeah, she is. She's cool as fuck, I'd say. She just but... seems, like, super down to earth. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a, I'm, I'm into it. I like the vibe that she's given off. I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, me too. I feel bad. I feel like Justin Bieber really messed her up. I feel like they both messed each other up, but they were also both young and stupid. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, sorry, go on. Oh, I was just gonna say that I'm a Bieber fan too, but that's it. <laughs> Did you like the new Bieber album? I don't really like R&B, so not really. It's not really to my taste. Um, I know he's pivoting in this new direction. I liked a couple of the songs, but not enough to go back too much. Yeah, I almost bought. I almost bought tickets to the tour. Like I'm a really big Bieber fan. I really wanted to go to the tour. Last time I got canceled, and then this one's coming up around my birthday, so I was like, oh. Yeah, I want- go like pay three hundred dollars and go see Justin Bieber, but like I don't vibe with the album, so I was like, I don't want to pay. I want him to tour purpose. I want to go back to two thousand sixteen, and I want to go to that tour. <laughs> yeah, me and my friend were gonna get like really cheap last minute seats, and then it got canceled, which sucked. Um, but yeah, I really didn't like Yummy. I was quite disappointed. Sorry, Yummy. If you I did. thought was okay. I don't know. Like, I think it was, I don't think it was a bad album by any means. I think it was okay. But on top of that, like, again, like, I'm not a huge fan of R&B in general. Like, it's just not a genre that I listen to too much or, like, really enjoy. So it's not to my taste. I, my partner liked it. He liked the album. She thought it was awesome. So, you know, to each their own. I like that song, Intentions. It was pretty good. But I love that one. I listened to the album, like, a full through, like, once or twice. I was like, I don't even remember what's on here. Yeah, it kind of just reminded me of, like, sitting in warehouse or something warehouse oh like, <laughs> like the bar um, oh yeah oh my god i think <laughs> i went one time yeah you're not you're not missing much it's just like it kind of not to shit i'm I'll, i'm gonna say one thing about it um it's kind of just like the music is like super loud and like you're in like a sit-down restaurant but you can't hear so it's kind of like i don't understand why this is like a sit-down thing but yeah i heard they pay their djs like something ridiculous like $14 an hour or something I don't, I don't know. know what rates are like is that that's I'm like, assuming that's low 
that's like really bad i mean the thing is i don't know like as with any art form i guess people can see like that's definitely not what i would charge and if somebody offered that to me i would laugh in their face um but i also i also heard that they like give the dj like the music already and they kind of just like make you stand there and like play it so then it's like why have a dj at all why not just save your money and get like a spotify <laughs> i don't right. understand it but yeah i don't know i've never i've been like one time because i used to like know a guy that worked there but i I feel like I'm too old. Like every time I walk past there, it's a line and the line is of like 13 year olds. And I'm like, yep. okay, we're going to go. Yeah, no, it's, it's all for a reason. That's for sure. Um, but I want to talk a bit about your workshops that you host. Um, yeah. How'd sure. you get in? How'd you get into that? Okay. So the label that I run, Bibliotheca Records, like I, obviously most of our releases are digital we do have a couple of vinyl releases but an- another thing that I wanted to focus on with it is doing like outside of the internet like experiential stuff so I started doing the grandma secret spices um live performance things just to like get more people aware of the label and like see what we're up to and like highlight whatever experimental music and that kind of stuff and then um I saw like because I remember what it was like for me getting into modular synth and how like I guess hard it was for me to find a group of people doing that and how hard it was for me to like connect with other beginners and learn from another person and like especially from another woman to find people that were doing things so I wanted to so I kind of started by doing the first um modular sin for beginners workshop in October which did really well like I guess people really want to know you know and I think that kind of I guess because it's so niche that people really were drawn to it. And it's like the same with any niche item that the people that are into it are really into it. And because there are so few, if any, like beginner workshops on modular synthesizers, a lot of people really wanted to come. And like my main whole thing was making it accessible and affordable. So the workshop was like 10 or $15, but a lot of people got caught because they emailed. They were like, I don't have any money. I'm a student, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, for, I guess it was it was partly because, like, I wanted to fill the void of, like, what I had wanted, would have wanted to see when I was, like, newer to modular synth a few years ago. And partly because I wanted more experiential events and more branding opportunities for the label and to grow it more. Like, I like workshops. I like putting them together and I like putting on events. And so I did that one. And then I did um, some, I did, I tried to do one, like, every month in coordination with my friend Sam uh, who DJs is Roshani at Solidarity and Sound which is like an educational platform for like women and LGBTA people and POC in um, the music industry and her friend Noam who runs Epilogue Studios which is like an engineering studio Mm. so we do like a monthly workshop series called Earbuds every month and we hire like a woman or like an LGBT person to teach it and it's it's also like very beginner based like I think I think we did them not I think I know we did because it's hard to get beginner classes that are affordable and are and make sense and because I think community is super super important and the best part of the workshops is not like making money or like whatever it's because we don't make any money (laughs) it's bringing people together and seeing the same people come back every month and like recognize each other and talk and like do stuff outside of the workshop like together like that to me is key. I've met so many people doing those things that has been the best part of the whole experience. And people recognize the brand now and the label, which is really kind of what I wanted in the first place. 
like I the label was always like community focused like I never pushed my artists to make music that they didn't believe in and I just wanted more people to hear what others had to offer and the music that was out there and this community stuff I think it all really really ties together with the workshops and the events and like the the low cost of everything like that feels really good and that was the whole purpose it's all uniting experiential events education everything I love that that is like so much from the heart um and like I didn't I've always seen the events on Facebook but like kind of didn't know totally what, what was up with it like um so that's really cool and I totally applaud you for doing that um so let's say like I wanted to go and I have like zero experience I don't have any gear like do I do I what do I need to bring just myself so for the, I mean, pretty much nothing. For the modular synth one, I got a bunch of my friends who are modular synth to volunteer some time and like bring in their uh, setup so that people after the actual workshops could go around and touch them because with analog equipment, I think it's, it's so important to touch things. I love to touch things. I'm always out here touching things. It's very hard for me right now in these times to go to the store and not touch everything. I am very textural focused. I love touching things. I love when things... I want to see how it feels. I want to put my hand on it. And so I made, I asked just a bunch of made, I asked a bunch of my friends who are in a modular synth to bring their setups that at the end of the workshop and like the synthesis one-on-one talk or whatever, that people could go and see what a modular set could look like. Cause there's, I mean, there's no right or wrong way really like, cause you can design it to look any way you want. It just has to function the right way. Um, and then for the earbud series, they, they are very, very beginner. Um, we had one on Ableton for beginners that was taught by a good DJ and a friend of mine named Jules Bangsworth. And you don't really need to bring anything. Some people do bring their laptops and like follow along, but for the most part, our instructors also create like a little handout booklet that we email out afterwards. If it's like a workshop focused on like a specific program. And so we'll email that out to the attendees afterwards. You don't need to bring anything. You just follow along. They are really, really beginner based. So a lot of people come in with no knowledge and we tell all the instructors like, okay, like whatever you think basic is as a person who knows how to do it, like drop it down like two more levels below that. Because the goal is to get people who are like kind of curious and like maybe want to learn how to make music or like use this particular program, but don't know where to start and have been having a hard time like finding a community or like don't don't really um learn the best from youtube tutorials because like there are ways to learn but not everybody learns the same way so most people kind of just show up a lot of people take notes like they bring a notepad um you can bring a laptop and follow along but for the most part just bring yourself and we have snacks and stuff it's a good time snacks i'm in yo we have so many snacks it's sick and like yeah it's awesome the best that's why i was so sad when my sound of data like big conference was canceled because of the you know um coronavirus because i had called a catering company and booked all these like amazing snacks because it was an all-day thing and my number one fear was like oh my god like what if they can't cancel the catering and i have like 500 dollars worth of food and like veggie wraps that i have to eat but i mean like obviously i would have donated it but luckily i didn't have to pay for it and they were able to cancel the order like given the circumstance but yeah imagine oh yeah thank god (laughs) that sucks i totally get you Um, yeah it's one thing to cancel a party like yeah it sucks to cancel a party but like i had all this stuff like planned and i was like oh my god and i had already pre-bought like a bunch of muffins and like pastries and stuff so i already had them in my house 
So I've just oh. been for the last two weeks, like eating my way through these muffins. <laughs> I, <laughs> what am I going to do? You know, I'm just going to come out of this quarantine, like nice and round and feeling good. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> um, I think that's really great though. I didn't realize like how beginner it was. And in all honesty, that interests me. Um, like when I was in school, I was like super busy. And then I went right into this job that was like nine to five and I was commuting like an hour to two hours each way. So I didn't really have any time for myself. Um, I've always just been a very like go, go, go person, but now I'm working a job where I have like a nice work-life balance and I'm kind of like, oh, I like have time to like get a new hobby. So I'm like, once all this is done, I'm going to be kind of like exploring some new things. Um, I just think having a hobby that is just for you is so important for yeah. being happy. Yeah. Yeah. Like my hobby is looking at TikToks. I mean, <laughs> my hobby is I read, I, I, I do read. It's important to have a hobby that's separate from your work life. Like my hobby, I guess, is reading. Like I read a lot. So I try to block out like an hour or two hours of time a day to just like sit and read my book whatever the book is lately I've been reading a lot of music books so I guess it's still about like the dance history scene so I guess it's like kind of still related to my work and um, lifestyle but it's it's nice for me to kind of like disappear into a book sometimes and not have to like check my emails or like you know listen to whatever song people are like sending me or whatever yeah so definitely important to disconnect um on our last topic here Tell me a bit about Biblioteca Records. Yeah, so I started Biblioteca Records back in 2017. It was originally like an events type company because I just really wanted to throw parties because I was throwing a lot of parties at the time. And I was like, oh, I'll just like unite them all under one banner. So it's a lot easier for me to let people know that it's me, the same person who's throwing the party, um, I guess. Mm-hmm. was like what I was thinking at the time like I was younger and I was partying like a lot and these were just like very like chaotic rager parties in my house they were not like organized by any means and then I guess what kind of happened is like I had some friends that were DJs and they started like pulling up with all their gear and they were like oh yeah like we'll DJ the party so they just kind of like grew from there and then oh. I started like reaching out to bars and like doing things with uh, my friend Cormac McGee who is um he works at the Ryerson Music Den and manages a bunch of artists and it's so funny because we both study journalism and now both of us work like full-time in the music and performance industry and like entertainment industry and none of us and neither of us really writes anymore (laughs) nice so jokes um but yeah so the label started out like that and then it grew into I think I was trying to release my own project at the time and I wanted to release it under a label and I was like well I already have this branding and this logo why not release it under there? Um, and then I kind of stopped doing parties because it was hard and it sucked and I wasn't good at it. Like, I just wasn't at the time because I was partying too much to, like, actually put work into it. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, like, I just thought that you could just, like, make a poster and people would come. And I didn't realize, like, the effort that it went into promoting a party. And I also was, like, very, very new to DJing and, like, really bad at it. And nobody knew mm-hmm. who I was and nobody cared, right? Um, yeah especially once I moved the parties out of my house and started trying to like charge people cover for it and stuff it was a different vibe so I dropped that and I call and I like kind of took it on pause for a little bit after one party was like really bad and then I was like you know what I'm still gonna release a project and I'm going to also release other people's music so I changed the name to Biblioteca Records and like changed all the socials deleted a bunch of the old posts and started again and yeah I 
started, uh, I put up a couple ads on Craigslist being like, I'm looking for electronic artists, send me your stuff, maybe some LGBT stuff, like people would be awesome. I'd love to support the community. And then it kind of grew from there. So I think my, my first year was very much focused on like acquiring artists and content and music to put out. And last year was spent a lot on refining the brand and putting out like um, more cohesive theme music and working with like one or two artists really specifically. And I had my submissions closed for the majority of 2019 because I didn't want random stuff to be released. And this year we're back to releasing more music, I think on a more regular basis. Like, so last year was about growing uh, and sharing what was out there and doing more of the events and the experiential stuff. And then this year is going to be back to releasing music and sharing what we can. The label is a fun project. I really like doing it. I didn't expect it to be as um, I, as long lasting, I guess, as it is. I didn't think that I was going to be able to keep it up, but it, I did. Again, I'm super proud of myself and I'm super proud of all the artists on it. Like, one of my goals was to release a vinyl record and we were able to do that within like the first year, which was crazy to me um to like hold something that I helped make and like see my logo on it and like I love collecting vinyl and I don't know it was very like a come full circle thing for me it made me feel really good and I love seeing it in stores and I love seeing it online I love seeing people sending me videos of them listening to it and the first record release was by an artist at Edmonton named Golden Gray and it's like this really beautiful like seven inch um single really nice ambient song called One so fitting our first single was called one. Oh, I love um, that. And it was really wholesome but yeah so the label basically it's a project but it's also like very much engulfed in everything I do I try to do use the branding on it whenever possible so most of my workshops if not all like do carry the Biblioteca Records branding like I want it to be known as not just a record label but a place where people can go and like share their music and learn and I want it to be like a community type organization like I think the the big dream is to have like some type of space where people can come and hang out and it would be like a biblioteca records space so like part office part like lounge and maybe at night like a little venue that people could rent out and do local shows at or something like that's like the the big vision but I don't see why it's not possible you know yeah, totally. Well, congratulations on your success thus far. I remember when you started it and I was like, oh, cool. And now I've just been able to watch it grow and I'm really happy for you. And uh, it's really exciting to kind of hear about your future visions for it. And I wish you all the best and let me know Thanks. how I can support, obviously. Well, you should um, come to one of the workshops and then you can like talk about them and tell all your friends because I think yep. that people should know because not every it's I don't know there's not that many seems to be like beginner type workshops and I just want more people to come and learn and like meet each other you know yeah I know that that's a good thing because like I yeah I see workshops like kind of pop up on my Facebook all the time and it, it's always kind of like intimidating um yeah. but it's totally important to know that like it's beginner beginner and everyone yeah is welcome, it's so. like even if you like know nothing like just roll up it's super friendly like and because it's a really, really small uh, studio. Like we have like max 15 people there ever. Um, mm. So it's a smaller class setting, which is I think a lot less intimidating for a lot of people. Cause we also kind of like start a little bit later which gives everybody time to like get a donut or whatever and like introduce themselves, which is really cute. Yeah, love that. Okay, well, I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Do you have any final words for the listeners? 
Uh, no, yes, just keep making music. I know it's tough weird times, even if you're listening to this and by the time you're listening to it, it's no longer the weird times. Keep making music, support each other and the local scene. And remember, even if you don't have money to like buy somebody's track, you still have Instagram. So like share it because that means a lot to independent artists, maybe more than you will ever, ever know. Yes, that's great. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on um, Instagram at Sonya, S-O-N-J-A underscore online. And on Facebook, my Facebook page is Sonya. I don't really update. I mean, I do update it, but it's more just like there because I don't really think anybody uses Facebook anymore. So Instagram is where to find me. Yes. Okay, great. And uh, people, be sure to give her a follow and give Biblioteca Records a follow as well. Oh, yeah. Follow the page because once we get a thousand followers, I'm going to make merch again because people keep asking. Hell yeah. Okay. Oh, it's going to be sick. It's going to be so good. Can't wait. (laughs) Well, everyone, thank you for listening and I'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. Okay, that's it. Awesome. Can you 